0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Let's uh, open our Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 15, just kind of a couple of key verses, and then we're going to be looking at the first 17 verses in Romans this morning. And uh, let's just read 14 and 15 though to kick off here. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Lord, open this up to us today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, baptism is such an incredible picture of all the things that we've been talking about. And really, we've been kind of leading up to this through this series. Romans 5, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8... And then getting to celebrate like this, this is our, what, what's being described is our new life. We talked about that in Romans chapter 5. We have new life in Jesus Christ. And just like Adam brought sin into the world, and it's, it's like he it through sin, uh, th- through Adam, sin came to all of us. And so also through Jesus Christ, righteousness and life comes to us who put our faith in Him. So then, in Romans six, we talked about the fact that we have been crucified with Christ, and so now we want to count ourselves dead to sin, and we want to live in this new reality. It's absolutely incredible. Romans chapter seven. Last week, we talked about how that we died not only to to uh, sin, but specifically Paul's writing into this context of of Jews and Gentiles. you got the Gentiles who are there in Rome and the Jews had been evicted for a number of years there by Emperor Claudius. They were coming back in and Paul's working to hold this whole church together. And so in Romans 7, he's specifically addressing those with Jewish backgrounds. I'm writing to you who are under the law. And what a... Frustrating kind of thing that is because the Jews are extra aware of the law and the conviction that it brings about sin. It magnifies sin. So Paul was writing about that and it's kind of, it's a, it's kind of frustrating almost because you're going, ah, and he's, he even says, ah, what am I going to do? Speaking on behalf of the person who's under law. But then we get to this chapter, Romans 8, and he continues and it finds and gives us the answer. What God has done on our behalf in Jesus Christ through the power of the spirit, and what we're talking about in this these these messages five six, seven, eight it's like so multi layered and so rich in depth and power it's like looking at a little rose uh, and a rose you know you can see the little bud before it blooms out, and maybe there's some red in there and but over time you get to see that thing blossom out into this multifaceted, beauty, beautiful kind of burgeoning uh, flower, bloom, the, the rose. And so there's several things that I want us to, to see this morning by way of introduction. One is, I wrote down three words, Trinitarian. And that's important because in this passage, you're going to see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, just right there together and in a, in a description of what's going on at the cross and how God redeemed us and why that's so important to us is to know that God the Father is working with God the Son, His second self, and God the Holy Spirit. And they're not at odds with each other. They're working together to bring about our redemption reconciliation and our wholeness and life and peace in God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Trinitarian is the first word. Creation is the second word. Creation is, in the, we're going to look at the second half of Romans 8 next week and we'll focus on this, but the creation, it's part of the fact that God wants us to see that He's saving us for a purpose. He's redeeming us for a purpose. He's redeeming us to live in the image of God on planet Earth for a purpose. And that is that all of the creation would that's groaning right now would burst forth in praise and in the fullness of what it's destined and designed to do and to be. Then the third word is love. Because love is like what's holding all of this together. It's out of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's fullness of their shared love and anointing that creation happens. And, and so love is how we started in Romans chapter five. God poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. That's how he does that. He pours his love right into our hearts. And then it says in Romans five, eight, that even though we were sinners, separated enemies in our minds, all of that, God came and demonstrates his love for us in this. He gives us his son, even while we're enemies. So it's, it's, it's a demonstration of love. And then you get to the end of chapter 8, and it's this explosion of of image-bearing people. And he's like, I know you go through hard times. We all do. But if God didn't spare His own Son, how much more is He going to bring us into life because of His love for us? It's really good news. There's nothing in all of creation that's going to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus not heights or depths or angels or demon or or life or even death itself is going to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So the main thing then today is that God sent His Son and Spirit to set us free so that we can live as sons and daughters in His family. And we're talking about here the adopted life this morning, the adopted life. We've been so so far we've talked about the new life, the baptized life, the freedom life, and now the adopted life, the adopted life. God's called us to live in His family. And the adopted life means we're set free to do a few things. And the first one is this, if you've got your outlines there or whatever. the adopted life means that we are set free from bondage through the sacrifice of the Son. So let's read some Scripture together. Father, bless the reading of Your Word as we read these 17 verses just in little bits. Not all at once here. Therefore, after Romans 7 and all that's gone before, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. I mean, like we get that, just drop the mic and we can go home (laughs) stay for 20 more minutes. But you could. So He set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And this is awesome good news. This is that we've been set free from the law that just was binding us to sin and death and just crippling us. And so now in Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. We feel it in our minds sometimes, but there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We're set free. From the law of sin and death. God sent his own son. This it's it's in the sending of the Son and the Spirit, it's through the Spirit that He makes this real to us. And it's in the sending of the Son that He deals with our flesh, that He deals with old Adam. He deals with that. So this is the way this thing works the law magnifies sin. So Israel becomes like this place. Chosen by God, set apart to be God's people, but God also gives them the law which magnifies sin. It like it puts a, a, a loudspeaker on our sin. It makes us aware of sin even more because it's put, put, it puts those boundaries there to mark things off, but then it just magnifies that. So the weight of the world's sin, it's like it's focused in Israel because of the law. And then the weight of Israel's sin is focused on the person of Jesus Christ who is the Messiah, Israel's chosen one. And so it's like it all gets focused right in the person of Jesus. It's like a a big laser beam that takes all of the sin and all the brokenness and focuses it on the person of Jesus Christ who then stands in for us. He represents our humanity taking that humanity to the cross. So God, what He did by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. A sin offering in Israel was not just that we did things bad that we know, but it's a sin offering was specifically the offering that was for the things that they didn't know that they did. So it's not just that we're forgiven for what we know, but we're forgiven for what even we didn't know that we did. Isn't that good news? How many of you ever realize, like, I've done some stuff that I didn't know that I did? Yes. And so that's like even Paul, it's addressing what Paul says specifically in verse 15 of 7. He says, uh, for what I do not, excuse me, yeah, it starts with, I do not understand what I do. So there's that just, and so Jesus comes as the sin offering that deals with all of that. And so God the Father condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the right, so in the flesh of Jesus, not Jesus, but sin in his humanity, in his the 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 the, the nature of uh, Jesus as a human, being fully human. So, what what I want to emphasize here, though, is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working together, not one against another, but working together to bring about our redemption, reconciliation, salvation forgiveness freedom from bondage to sin and death but it's not just for sin and death turn over to hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and this is huge for us this is kind of connecting the dots since the children have flesh and blood he jesus christ too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death that is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Man, you guys, this is good news. What God has done for us in the sending of the Son and in the sending of the Spirit is break the power of sin, death, and the devil. It's really good news. And so the result is, what we touched on last week, is that we've been set free. We've been set free from the power of the devil, from the power of sin, from the power of death, All of that's been accomplished in Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's good news. So when we're struggling and and bound up, no, God set us free. Now, there's a tension there. We're going to talk about that in this, this next point I'm about to make. But there's a new law at work. That's what I want us to get. We touched on this last week. Gravity, it's always there. It just kind of keeps happening all the time. It's the law of gravity, kind of like the law of sin and death. But there's a new law, the law of the spirit, who gives freedom and brings life and freedom from sin and death and the devil, and it's the law of the spirit. And it's like the difference between the law of gravity and the law of aerodynamics. We're going to catch a plane later this afternoon to a team leader's meeting for gathering for, for Antioch. And by God's grace, the law of aerodynamics is going to kick in, and we're going to get to the end of the runway. And we're not going to stay on the ground. We're going to be functioning under a new law. And that's what happens with us in Christ. We live just a whole new reality of living life in freedom and in purpose and destiny and all that God has for us. And so let's talk about that some more. Point number two. Number one is the adopted life means we're set free from bondage through the sacrifice of the Son. Second piece is the adopted life means we're set free to live life according to the Spirit. So verse 5, let me actually start with the end of verse uh, 4. So He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And here's what I want to say. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that... And that's a great place. I mean, if you want to know why did he do that, and it would be real easy to go so that, in order that we could go to heaven when we die. But I, I want everybody to get this. That's not the arg- it's not that it's not true, it's true. But that's not Paul's argument. That's not what he's saying. He's saying he did that so that we would live according to the Spirit, because he's got stuff for us to do. It's not just about dying one day and getting out of here. There's stuff that God wants to do right now. That's the whole emphasis of what Paul's been saying is creation itself is groaning. is groaning. It's going, ah, oh, because of the dehumanizing, constricting, corrupted influences that have been put on it through the fall. And God wants to redeem people who walk in the Spirit so that we can bring life and the manifestation of the sons of God on the earth and help creation to be all that it's supposed to be. It's good news. Verse 5. So let's read some Scripture together. Verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live accord- in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and Peace. then even though your mortal body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Now let me pause right there. The spirit gives life because of righteousness. We hit this in the first week, but I want to say it one more time today. This righteousness is something that God does. It's his faithfulness to his covenant. He made a promise and he's going to keep that promise. Even when we're unfaithful, God is faithful. He has done it. It's so some of the I'm going to explain some of this tension as we keep going on. There is there's a tension that we all feel, and I, I want to just help keep us grounded in the person of Jesus. And if by the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus, the person two thousand years ago from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ now He's like the Messiah, the 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 all inclusive Christ that 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 He's doing this on behalf of humanity from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. So this is massive good news. We get to uh, the the story part of this is the contrast between the flesh and the Spirit. And so the flesh is, uh, how do define this? It, it's, it's not just physical versus spiritual. We say that. So flesh, a lot of times we think natural. And because we're we're a part of a worldview system that's really influenced by by Greek philosophy and dualism. It's real easy for us to slide into spiritual good, natural things bad, you know and so but flesh is more like corrupted uh sinful that part of cre- creation and in us that is is broken and messed up and and hurts others and all those kinds of things does dehumanizing things. And so there's a, there's a tension there, and because the reality is, when you read the creation story in Genesis, it's not like creation's bad. In fact, he says creation is good. And so that part in us that, that, that thinks, man, I, just, I can't have anything to do with anything, I'm, just, I'm going to heaven one day, and that's where it's good, but here it's bad, that's going to cause us to, we need to subvert that, because it's going to cause us to miss out on what God's purpose is, us, is for us right now. Is that making sense? So flesh and spirit, there's that tension there. And the spirit is the contrast between Adam's humanity and humanity in Christ. Flesh, spirit. That's the, that's the contrast there. And there are two completely different ways of living. One is where I just do what I want to do and I'm in charge. And the other is the is the way of the spirit where we submit to what God wants for our lives. So... If you want to know, well, how do I know how to do that? Look at Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the perfect example of what it looks like to be a human and to live submitted to God. He only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard the Father saying. So that's the nobody can do that. We can't do that perfectly, but that's the that's where we're going. That even though he was God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself and made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant and being obedient to the Father, even to the point of death on a cross. That's, it's, that's This is the, the way of the Spirit. And so if we're people that are submitting to God's reign in our lives, Jesus, you're the King, you're the Lord. I believe in your kingdom and your reign in my life, in my mind, my heart, my emotions, my life, my relationships, all that I am. So... When we're doing that, Romans 8.6 is a huge verse for Christians that are trying to, you're at the crossroads. You don't know what to do. There's option A, there's option B. And you're standing there looking, and the mind set on the Spirit, the mind governed by the Spirit, the mind guarded by the Spirit, the mind uh, set upon all the different ways the different translations say that, like it means something for us when we stand at the crossroads and we don't have life, a sense of life and a sense of peace about something when we're submitting to the Lord. Does this make sense? So we we say, Lord, I give this to You. I give this decision to You. And it may not mean that there's going to be no trials. A lot of times there are trials when we're trying to follow the Lord. It may not mean there's no suffering. We're going to talk about that in the next little verse here. But a lot of times there are those those hard things. But we can stand there And say, Lord, here I am, I surrender, lead me in the way of life and peace. And it means something for us to be led in that way by the Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, sons of God. That's where we're going, this next piece. So the adopted life is freedom from bondage. It's living according to the Spirit. And the third piece is the adopted life means we're set free to live as sons and daughters of the Father. Let's read some more of the Scripture together. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are God's children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. So we've been brought into the family of God in Jesus Christ, and we're called sons and daughters, and we're even this incredible promise that we're heirs and uh, you know, so this whole piece about being heirs is that God gave Abraham a promise. And he said, Through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And I'm promising you this land in the Middle East, you know, Israel, Palestine, that kind of little sliver there. But then God expands that. In Psalm 2, he's talking about, David's talking about the Son of God. And he says, Ask me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. So it's not going to be just a a slice of land there. It's the whole earth that God's interested in. And so Paul then in Romans chapter 4, verse 13, applies that promise about Jesus right to all of those who are in Christ. Jew and Gentile together. It's not just the promise of the land, but it's the promise getting in on in Christ. We get in on the promise to inherit the whole earth. That's what God's going for. Somebody say, I, I just can't... How are how we doing? Is this... Working for you guys? Um, So it's this massive, massive deal. We've been brought into the the adopted life of being heirs together with Jesus Christ, co-heirs like sons and daughters of God right into the family of God. It's absolutely amazing. Like we're in the living room with God. There's two ditches we've got to avoid here. One is the ditch of legalism. And this is where even though God's done what He's done in Christ, we're still trying to earn our way, climb up the ladder, take, have something so we can go, hey God, this is, what, you know, this is how I did it for you, and now, now will you give me what, the, the inheritance? And it doesn't work like that. So that's one ditch. We're in a ditch if we're trying to live that way. The other ditch is that we're in the family, but we're doing nothing at all. We're not responding to what God's done for us. I mean, there's, there's strong language here. We have an obligation and we're called to obey we're called to the beginning of romans the end of romans the obedience that comes from faith and this is we there's so many things in the christian journey that's like this it's it's the indicative what's true of us in christ and now we're called to actually respond do stuff live the life it's the it's the tension of the now stuff what god's done but what he's still calling us to to live into and so that you know we can we can fall in one of these ditches, but it's like being a it's like being in the family. Okay, so imagine you've got uh, sons and daughters in your family, but you've got one of them that's going, it's not enough that you say that I'm in your family, I've got to do this stuff, and then one day maybe I'm gonna actually be in your family. How weird would that be? That, that, that would not be honoring to the Father. Okay? The, the other option is you've got. You know, your kids, they're they're in your family. They're a part of your family. But all they do is sit there on the couch. Aren't you going to be a part of our family? We're, we're doing stuff as a family together. We're, we're co-reigning over the earth. We're bringing the rule of the Father onto the earth. You know, both of those extremes, those are ditches, right? I'm going to earn my way into anxious... Troubled, gonna get there one day, God, and be your son or your daughter. Couch potato, family member, not participating. Father, I'm just waiting until we get out of here. Does that make sense? So that's that's really the heart of what Paul is going for here. Is we're in the family, and so once you're in once you're in the family, it's like wow, you could do all the things that that family members do. And you've got each other's back and you're for each other and you've got stuff to do in the world and on earth. And uh, that's what what the Lord's calling us to. That's how even this tension place is how we can talk about where Paul goes, we're heirs. We're co-heirs if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. I mean, we hear obedience. We don't like... O- obedience you know it's like we're buffy The you know we're trying to no no obedience suffering no 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 that can't be God's will but listen Jesus says hey come follow me take up your cross come follow me and if you follow him there's going to be suffering along the way listen to the amens Th- there's going to be hard stuff along the way it's just so, we got one of the questions we got uh, this, uh, this week was well, if we died with Christ, how can Paul, you know, he says in 1 Corinthians 6, we died with Christ. How can he say in 2 Corinthians 4 that we carry around in our bodies the death of Christ? Well, that's that tension that we're talking about. We're talking about a tension where he's, there's, there's an indicative reality of who we are in Christ, and yet we still walk this thing out. We live life in the midst of a not yet place. That hasn't been fully redeemed. There's coming a day when it will be, but we're not there yet. And so we live in this, this tension. And there's, it's okay for us to say there are sufferings associated with the life of following Jesus Christ. It's okay. I, I know it's like, wow, I'm going to just go, i want to go watch a football game. But, but this is part of the journey. Paul says in Colossians 1, verse 24, I, st- I fill up in my body what's still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions doesn't mean that what Jesus Christ did on the cross wasn't enough for us, but there is an unexperienced, unrealized part of people seeing that. They need to see the love of Jesus Christ manifested in our lives for them as we lay down our lives, give up our rights, give up our priorities, and those kinds of things that are just all about us in order that Jesus Christ might be seen in and through us and make things right on planet Earth. <sighs> So, wow. So that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together to bring this about in us. There is a long... I mean, even w- when we see it, something goes off in us. Somebody else is going to follow Jesus like this. And, and if you didn't catch it, man, let the here, listen for the tuning fork that goes off. Like, this is the way it ought to be. People following Him. Giving their lives to Him. This is the way it ought to be. And... There's all kinds of other expressions of love and working like that. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is working to bring people together on planet Earth from every language, nation, tribe, tongue, background, Jew and Gentile together. Slave and free, different economic statuses together in Christ. Male and female, not one standing and heaven people under their thumb, not one over the other like that, but coming together as one people in Christ I mean, look around again. This doesn't happen because everybody's just, hey, we all like the same stuff and we all pull for the cowboys, the redskins, or whatever bizarre kind of shallow thing like that. We're here today because of Jesus Christ. And it's just absolutely incredible. It's the good news. And it's the news that's changing the world as we receive it and live into it, y'all stand up, worship team, come on up, Ministry team come as well. So like the like the rosebud analogy, this is dense and thick, and I'm not saying everything that can be said about everything in this one time, and we'll be talking about this for eternity. you know I mean that's how Powerful and good, this good news really is. But I want to just, I want to finish with this. You guys know if you've been around a little bit, we do ministry every Sunday. And just think about the things that were said today. What God did for us in Jesus, bringing about by the power of His Spirit a whole new law that takes over our lives, that allows us to live in freedom from bondage, that allows us to live life according to the Spirit, that allows us to live as sons and daughters. Not falling in one ditch, not you know of the legalism stuff or the couch potato, but but living life with God, on the adventure with God. It's, there's there's nothing boring about this. If it seems boring, it's only because it hasn't been tried. What we're talking about is is radical, and it will change the world. It'll change your world, and it'll change the world around you. It'll change our entire it's world peace. I mean, pick something. That's what we're talking about. So, just I want to give you a chance to respond here. It might be your next step is like, hey, I'm in some bondage stuff. I want to walk in freedom. I, I've just been, I haven't really given a lot of thought to living life in the Spirit. I want to do that. Just and come and get prayer. And especially this piece about being adopted, sons and daughters. That's who you are, that's, who, that's your identity in Christ. And just again, if there's any other needs at all, just please come. God changes things and moves in these times right now in prayer. So Father, in Jesus' name, meet us. Just if there's any of us, Lord, that need to give our lives to You, to follow You, or even to be baptized today, Lord, we'll do it. Just speak to people all around the room. What are the next steps? Freedom. Life in the Spirit. Life as sons and daughters. Meet us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come whatever your need is, we're going to take a few minutes here and pray together. But be bold. If something's on your heart. Man, just sometimes it's that stepping out that is the breakthrough moment. Come and get prayer.